0: Welcome to the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre podcast. In this episode of our podcast, Fiona Mountford joins cast members to chat about our new reimagined production of the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, Carousel, and in particular, to examine the characters they play and their relationship with Billy Bigelow.
1: It's my great pleasure to be sitting down with four of the performers who play key female characters in Timothy Sheeder's gloriously reimagined production of the classic Rodgers and Hammerstein musical Carousel. Joining me today are Carly Borden, who plays heroine Julie Jordan, Joe Eaton-Kent, who is fairground owner Mrs Mullen. Christina Modesto, who's Julie's best friend Carrie Piperidge, and Natasha May Thomas, who plays Julie and Billy Bigelow's teenage daughter, Louise. Welcome all. Tim Sheeder has reimagined this classic American musical in a way that makes it more resonant for British audiences. I wondered if we might start with the four of you giving us a snapshot of the tone, of the vibe of this production.
2: I suppose maybe a good place to start is that it's really... It, it feels more grounded in a sense, I think... The orchestration lends to that. I think the, uh, the environment of the, the set that we're on uh, lends to that.
1: Tell us a little bit about that environment of the set for people who haven't seen it so yet. So the Jane. set
2: is actually, if you can imagine, one big square that's been plonked in the middle of the park. And then inside of that square, a circle has been cut out, put a hinge through it. They've twisted it on its axis. Wow. And so we have one big plane, a circular plane for us to play on, and then a big rate square which is uh, to represent uh, like a dock or uh, some kind of pier. Right. Like if it were... Cause it's a Scott. seaside yes. setting, the, isn't it? Yeah. yeah,
3: coastal setting. I think what makes our version of Carousel different from the original, I, I wasn't overly familiar with the original. I, I don't think a lot of us were. So we kind of came at this from, I think, a really fresh perspective. Um, and I think tonally, we've sort of taken away the fluff and what we're left with are all these issues that are usually sort of buried in the piece. Right. Um, that we've sort of tried our best to bring those issues to the forefront and perhaps deal with them as much as we can without within the realms of not being able to change everything, yes. if that makes sense. I love that
1: tonally. You've stripped away the fluff because I wanted to, to ask you all. So this production doesn't shy away from putting the issue of domestic violence absolutely front and centre, does it? So is, was that what you, the tone you've stripped away, the sort of, the, some of the niceness, and it's it's real, it's gritty. These, these are real people with real lives. They're not just sort of chirpy people singing songs, are they?
3: 100%. In the first, like, week or two, we spent having conversations about gender inequality, about um, suicide, about depression, about domestic abuse, about... All of those things, didn't we? We spent quite a lot of time in rehearsals, digging into those before we really started digging into the text.
0: Yeah, I feel like there were a lot of conversations that we needed to have, but I think that's sort of what's really helped us with these issues because, I don't know, I think it's allowed us to go in with a really good idea of how we want to play this sure okay um, yeah
1: yeah no that's because so the domestic violence what why why was it important do you think to foreground this issue of domestic violence because yeah the fluff has been stripped away why do you think that was important i think it was a,
4: a big priority in its production to uh bring the um female narrative more sure. to the forefront I, I i think often with this production it can be further back in the story. And I think it was especially important for us in this production to not let Billy off the hook. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um,
4: so that, and that in turn created quite a big shift in our production. Yeah. A and very, quite a necessary one. And
1: a very powerful one. And for those who who don't know, it's not spoiling anything to say that this is not set in, in America anymore. It's set in this country. And I think, again, it's, it means we can't shy away from the issues. We're listening. I found myself listening afresh to a show I'd seen many times before. And
2: that was a decision very mm. much consciously made by Tim and, and the production team is to actually locate it closer to home, I think really, because we are a, a UK audience yes. coming to watch this show, it needs to be for the people who are watching. Yes. And to actually let it ring something closer to home. Yes. It makes it seem more more real because the reality is that through the pandemic, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to get too into it because it, it's it's horrible but the the um the looking at the cases of domestic violence yeah. that have have uh, come across in in uh, the, the pandemic yes. through through this year um it's 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 skyrocketed yeah and uh, you know
1: some terrifying statistics 60 yes. percent increase i've been reading different ones yeah. i know it's and you and you're right this is a very enjoyable musical but i think by by setting it where it is and doing what you do it, it does make us all Sit up a little bit and listen Listen again. And another thing is that the company notably speaks and sings in your own everyday accents rather than assuming this uniform speech. I found it surprising and really refreshing for a musical to do
0: this. And I wondered what it was like for all of you to work with. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I found it a lot easier because... It didn't feel like I'm playing this girl that's really far away from me and she's nothing like me. Sure. I felt like I could really add Natasha into it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was easier to make her a lot... It a lot realer. It's helped me really get into the character of Louise and I'm sure it's been easier for you guys as well because... It's not someone that's really far away from you. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You can kind of bring a bit of you to
1: it. Exactly, yeah. and I think for audio, for, for the performers and for the audience as well, it's not these people who speak in a way that's nothing like anyone I come across in my daily life. It's the people I who speak exactly like everyone else does. Carly and Christina, so Natasha's just spoken very eloquently about the accents, and I know you two are seasoned musical theatre performers. What was it like performing, singing in your own accent rather than the accent sort of superimposed by the
3: show? I mean, honestly, I've been trying to get a Welsh accent into a musical (laughs) for my whole career. and um, Because you just don't hear it. You never hear Welsh accents in musicals. And it drives me mad because it's such a lyrical accent. And... So many times I've done shows and they've gone, no, 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 you you have to be from London or you have to be from up north or you have to be Scottish. And I'm just thinking, why? There's a whole (laughs) section of the UK we're missing out here who actually love the arts and love... So for me, being able to bring... I sort of saw Carrie when I was auditioning for this um, because, again, Carousel for me is not a show that I really would cast myself in. Um, So when I found out that they were doing something new with it. I sort of jumped at the chance, and I started looking at the material, and suddenly started seeing all the, lots of people from my childhood that I really recognised in her, sure. um, and to bring that kind of working class, fun, raunchy, kind of side of it through the accent. Yes, because I think Gavin and Stacey kind of put put us on a map, and <laughs> and then we kind of fell off a little bit. So it's yes. really. <laughs>
1: It's actually there. really lovely <laughs> <You're>, to to <laughs> the yeah Stacey
3: boost in Welsh accents. Yeah, quite a few jobs I've done, I've had, I've spoken to writers or directors later on, and they went, "Why didn't we let you use your own accent?" Yeah. So for me, it's it's thrilling. I, I, it's one of the things I think I enjoy most I about it. it. And
1: Carly, I know obviously you've been in stacks of musicals. What what did you make of being uh, able to be Carly rather than? I just than... found it yeah, it's quite uh, liberating. Mm. Um, and
4: as Natasha touched upon. I think it was really important to the creative team and us, and as a company, yes. to uh, represent a community that the audience know yes. and have a have a connection to. Yeah. Um, and it's just so wonderful because we've just got such a different mixture of accents yes. and backgrounds in our company. It just speaks to so many different communities it's
1: reflecting the london on the streets outside yeah, isn't it yeah. And, uh, where yeah watching watching this production i was forcibly struck by the lack of options and expectations that are available to all of your characters economically socially and indeed romantically and, and carly and christina what are your characters expectations when it comes to relationships and I was wondering what shaped those expectations.
4: Well, I think for for Julie, she very much, at, at the beginning of the show, you know, she you see her, you know, working at Bascom's Cotton Mill with Carrie, um, you know, very much, you know, they have to live in so they're very sort of controlled and within this patriarchal system, um, and you know, living for the weekend, living for that day off. Yep. to go to the fair um, to go to the fair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to
1: win it to win a teddy bear to win a teddy yeah, and
4: a goldfish um, but i think julie uh very much sees the system and and wants out and wants and and is a dreamer and wants to see what's beyond that town and and what's possible and i think that is what also sort of connects her and Billy. Right. But um also you know, she also freely says, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna marry, I'm not gonna get married, I'm not gonna go and do that thing yes. that all the other women are doing. I just don't see myself in that in that sort of
1: set role,
4: that yeah, pre-assigned I, role. I want to get away from that. Sure. Um and, and then of course she falls head over heels mm-hmm. for Billy and, and does inevitably end up within that system, uh, albeit in a very different different way. But she's still, you know, even though she has all that desire to, yeah, to break get beyond to break and, and to all. break free of yeah. it, she ends up getting sucked into it.
1: And what about your, your characters? What, what did she what expectations did she grow up with or? Yeah, and
3: I think that's also beautiful about Julie and Carrie is they are literally opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> and they are best friends. Like they are chalk and cheese. Carrie has definitely grown up buying into that into that system and go yes. in, um, watched all the Disney films and gone. <laughs> I'm going to be that princess and perhaps doesn't get um, a lot of male attention, but is also quite sexually aware as a woman. But obviously, that's sort of repressed. I think, yes. um, and I think that um, she she's grown up. Sort of, we had this discussion in, in the rehearsal room about her having her almost her own little music box <sighs> that she kind of opens up and watches these two this man and woman dancing. And th- I mean, that's the top of our wedding cake. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like she, she, she buys into all of it so, because she thinks yes. that's her, that's her ticket out. That's how she'll be happy. That's, that's all she has. So yeah. she totally buys into that. So
1: she wants a sort of the picture perfect version of the system. Whereas Julie Jordan doesn't. Okay. How interesting, but I understand. I like, Carly. you said the patriarchy because it very much is a patriarchal society. And yet what struck me again with your, your wonderful production is that Billy Bigelow is just as much a victim of the rigidly prescribed gender roles as the women, isn't he? He's behaving in the way that he has learnt that men can and do. Or am I, being, am I being too fair by saying he's a victim of these prescribed roles as well? Am I, am I cutting him too much slack? Well, no,
4: you you are right that, that he is without a doubt a, a product of of what has happened to him, yeah. um, and that you know that there is a lot of toxicity within what is expected of certain gender roles. Um, but I think where other other past productions maybe have uh, it, um, excused that, yes, mm-hmm. the the important thing is to not excuse yes. that. Yeah. Um, yeah So you're right, absolutely. But it's then how how people move forward yes. or maybe don't move forward yeah. no, from I that. Think
1: that's lovely. No, absolutely. It sort of highlights it but says, but it's still not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to ask Carly and Joe given that you play the, the two female characters who love Billy, I think we can say, what is this man's enduring appeal? Let's just oh. remind ourselves
2: <laughs> Let's just what?
1: let's just let's just remind our listeners that Julie Jordan, as Carly has said, is an upright mill worker who jacks it all in to go off with this penniless man she's only just met, whereas Mrs. Mullen keeps re employing this highly unreliable and sometimes violent worker. My simple question to both of you is why?
2: That is a very good question. Mm. <laughs> but then why do we fall in love at all, maybe, is is an appropriate response. Mm. It could be anything. It could be to do with something that he says in a particular way at a yeah. particular time when the blossoms are falling, you know? <laughs> oh, I know it, that. it could be anything to do with something so nuanced. It could be something more practical, like he is a... F- Free, I say in quotation marks, free spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that he he is an artist and he goes out and travels with the fair, and um, he's one of those people who um, doesn't do the respectable say like Mister Enoch. No, he doesn't do the, the the thing of like keeping house and oh no no that's not what I mean. He he's yeah. the breadwinner. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't do that. He doesn't fill that role. He's not sort
1: of worried about his monthly bank statements yeah. and that sort, sort of, of thing. Of is lives he lives
2: as the coins come in. You know?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. I like that. That's lovely. Yeah, Yeah. he
4: doesn't play by the rules. Yeah, Um, and I think Julie gets completely sucked in by his free spirit and his um, his otherness. His his Nature, his creative nature his nature as an outsider his yeah. bravery yeah. I think um, and yeah definitely not playing by the rules as somebody who grew up playing by the rules yeah. who
1: doesn't want to play by the rules anymore yes. he's arrived in this, this society and said well you, you're following these rules I'm not and that's quite, yeah. that's quite startling and attractive and it's attractive. something that Julie wants, wants to do she wants to break free of, yeah. of
3: those things as well And he challenges the world too, doesn't he? He says, he says, uh, you know the line, but he's, you know, he talks about, well, why are we even here? What is this world? He talks about the bigger picture as well. And I think that's something that potentially that you guys share. And that was a moment for me watching in rehearsals Mm -hmm. of going, you know, what is this planet we live on, you know, and, and then the sort of of big questions
1: that I think in this, this community that not many people are sort of asking are they they're getting on with the daily grind and Billy comes in with a set of questions that are new and Christina I was fascinated by the relationship between Carrie and Mr Snow because customarily in other productions of Carousel this relationship is held up as a kind of paradigm of wedded bliss in contrast to to the tempestuousness of Julie and Billy but fascinatingly I didn't entirely get that sense here as there's a wonderful and a toe of ambiguity in the work I thought I detected a little bit of an unsettling hint of control uh controlling behavior in John Jana's lovely performance
3: as Mr Snow tell us a little bit about that am I am I imagining things you are not imagining oh, things good. <laughs> I think in in this production and one thing that has always struck me about this show, and why I've perhaps not been a fan of it before. There we go. I said it. <laughs> um, uh, is that you cannot categorically say that a kept woman is a good relationship? We had lots of conversations about it, and um, there was a version a couple of weeks ago where their entire relationship just we stripped all the fun out of it,
1: okay. and it was all
3: very, um, very controlling.
1: Yeah, from mm-hmm. the
3: get go, um, and we've peppered back in now some of that humour, otherwise. I think, I, think it, I think people need to leave feeling <laughs> something. Yeah, something other than depressed. <laughs> the, the, the but um, yeah, we we wanted to. I think we wanted it to be clear that actually relationships are not—they're just not as black and white as that. And although yes. Enoch thinks he's doing what's best and he's adhering to the rules that society. Yes. Sort of gives him he's made a plan for his life and he's saving this woman, as far yeah, as he's yeah. concerned, and it's the way he's traditionally brought up that ends up being actually something that kind of hinders Carrie, but then also she sort of lives with it and she she does end up in this kind of capitalist sort of relationship, ending up having to sort of churn out these kids. Doesn't hate it. No. But, but... she has made a Bed in a way she She's does made get a decision stuck. Yeah, she does get stuck, and she is controlled financially by him. Yeah, you know, and yeah, so there, there is that hint. Because of- I think you, you give the sense that carrie is is
1: a, is a huge lot of fun, and Mister Snow might be reliable and dependable, but possibly isn't so much fun. And they, one wonders, you know, X years down the line, we we come into their relationship some years later. We won't give away any spoilers, but. One wonders how much fun Carrie is having.
3: 100%. Yeah. 100%. And and I think the sad thing is, is I recognise it in so many women in my life. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. My family are Greek Cypriot. And often it's arranged.
1: And okay. arranged oh.
3: marriages. And you know what? I've been really lucky with my parents because they fell in love and have been married 52 years. But you see it quite a lot. Yes. You know... Yeah before the days when it was kind of when it wasn't okay to get divorced and yeah, when you sure. did have to deal with it and we don't talk about it enough i think and yeah i think there is something in this show that is for that woman
1: yeah and i think again that's what what brings this sh- this production of this show so so vividly into the present day it's these these relationships and as exactly as you've just said we can we can all i think relate to some of these not perfect relationships we've all either been in them or we know people in them there it's real it's not this fantasy musical other land of these chirpy people just singing, singing their jolly songs, is it? It's something else. And everyone is flawed. Yeah, absolutely. As a human,
3: everyone is flawed. Yeah. The men and the women. And it's just, I think this... They're grown-ups. They're proper grown-ups. Yeah, They're and all... I think that's what this cast have managed to capture so beautifully, I think, yeah. when I'm I so watch, is that... You see every character's flaws, but every character's dreams, and I think that's what's. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's a 360-degree portrait. I like that. Yes, absolutely. Natasha. Now, Natasha, you're you're Louise, you're Julian Billy's daughter. And I was wondering, what stories has Louise grown up
0: hearing about her father? What What's her mother told her? Uh, I think it's it's a bit mixed. So we've discussed this a lot, but we kind of I feel like Julie has portrayed Billy as how she sees him in such a loving, caring, he didn't mean to sort of way. But the problem that we have is everyone else tells her the opposite, what a horrible man he is. You know, like, she gets bullied for it. Yeah. So this is where there's such a big conflict between Louise and Julie, because I think she realises you're not telling me the truth here. And I think that's where... They don't always see eye to eye, and there's a lot of frustration from Louise. Yes, because I think, yeah, I think she knows that her mum's just still stuck on this thing that she's been stuck on for this 16 years that she's been alive. Yes, and it's frustrating, and she wants to know the truth. Do you think
1: uh, we're sort of we're extra textual speculation here? But why not? It's Friday afternoon. Do you think her, Julie has been honest with Louise and said, "Your dad, you know, he 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 did hit me, but but I he's a he's a trouble man. And I love him so much." Or did she just br- was a passion. How honest was she with her daughter about any of this? So I
0: think she, was, she wasn't she was honest at all until, okay. I think, Louise had that conversation with her and she was like, look, I know, and I can't keep going on if you're not going to tell me the truth. And I think she then did admit, because you can't keep, like, like once you get to 15, 16, like you, 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 yes. there's only so many lies you can tell. <laughs> I think yes. she sort of may have then told her, okay, yeah, this did happen, but I think she would have quickly sort of flipped it back to the good things about him right um, so whereas yeah. the, the, the people of the town have been telling
1: Louise some very ungood things about him yes when, when we first see see your character Natasha you're doing this wonderfully highly expressive wordless dance beautiful beautiful work Thank can you, you tell us a little bit more about that what, what, what are the emotions that Louise
0: is pouring into that dance so there's so many I feel like it is a roller um <laughs> The the first thing that is in Louise's mind, obviously the audience don't see this, but she's had a conversation with Julie before before this and well, this is how I interpret it. Um, she she's got these male friends and she's getting a bit older and she's said to her mum, Look, I wanna go and see my friends, I wanna go play with my friends, blah 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 and I think Julie's a bit kind of wary of the situation now she's getting right. older and yeah. they've had a bit of a scrap and a bit of a falling out and she's like oh my god I'm 16 like come on <laughs> and that's how like that's it in my mind I <laughs> kind yeah. of imagine my mum, nice. and I'm like when she's holding me up I'm like Mum <laughs> that's actually what's going on so I really try and get in that headspace <laughs> <laughs> literally so I think first it's frustration and it's anger and it's like oh my gosh why me like everything I feel like her life is just a bit she's just she's had so many things that haven't exactly gone to plan yeah. her dad she gets bullied she just had an argument with her mum and I think they do get on but I think like any teenager yes. with her mum I think they they don't always see eye to eye so there's a lot of frustration a lot of anger um it then I don't want to ruin it but it then obviously gets a bit more playful so yes. that's when it's like oh yeah I'm fine I'm fine my friends are here we'll let's let's have some fun it then turns really dark yes. um and then I think it's almost like yeah, she's intimidated and she's a bit more vulnerable at that point, which you don't normally see because she's quite strong and, you yes. know, she doesn't like to show that side of her. She's quite feisty. Um, it then, <laughs> then changes to her kind of feeling a bit like a sense of hope, I think, when she meets the Barker boy and kind of fancies him a bit. And that's yeah. the that's, I feel like she hasn't really experienced that much joy. Yeah. So okay. I think that's like the first sort of moment, and especially because the rest of it hasn't been... You know that joyful. So I think that's a a lovely moment for her. And then again, it switches, and she's back in that place where she's vulnerable, and she's she always, I think, turns to anger. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that's when we see the whole. Yeah, her emotions are channeled
1: via anger rather than. And and what what you say, one one imagines again in this society that that Louise and Julie make a single parent family. There aren't probably all that many single parent families in this quite tightly knit traditional society are there so maybe that again made louise feel a little bit more of an outsider and yeah. so on yeah that's that dance and and i mean it, it's very visceral it's very powerful doing that at the end of it are you kind of are you you drained each night or are you pumped um,
0: i'm pumped i feel like i always come on stage and everyone's a bit tired and i'm like, like, oh. like, oh. like oh so like, oh, long and i can't believe it starts when i'm like buzzing <laughs> You British keep girls, you,
1: no. you, <laughs> you power <laughs> <laughs> You power everyone to the finish with that Come on! I love it. I love it. It's so fun. Like
0: it's hard sometimes to get into it because I've just been sitting there so long like comments. Yeah. But so once I'm in it, I'm in it. Yeah. So been actually,
1: no, it's been a mighty strange sixteen months for for all of us in, in this country. But we, we all understand that it's been especially tough for actors with theatres closed for so long. How did the four of you keep yourselves motivated over the last year and a quarter? Mm-hmm. Or did you just think, oh, did you, like the rest of us, did you just take to your sofa and Netflix and hibernate?
2: Well, I made a short film.
1: Did you indeed? <laughs>
2: yeah. That is very I, I end- got p- so bored, I just <laughs> thought, I've got to do something. Why not just go crazy and make a film? And so I... Bought a camera, and I called up my friend and I said, "Hey, do you want to make a film?" And she was all the way in Liverpool, so she got her camera out, and we set it up. And over Zoom, we, we got everything set up. Where it was the laptop, and we were calling each other. But then we set up the cameras just above the webcam, wow. and then um, we just we just uh, I put a little script together, and then we just did the did the thing. Oh my! Gosh. And then um, I pieced it together with the footage that she sent over from her camera all the way in Liverpool. I was in you know just below Catford. Yeah, and. Um, Wow. And and yeah, just just spent So that's a how few you kept
1: yourself motivated. It's, it's it's to keep yourself <laughs> motivated. It's on
2: YouTube. It's uh it's called Lessons. Um but we're not here Where? to advertise that. The um, um did, yeah, were
1: yeah, you all, were you all sort of counting down the days, the minutes till you could get back in a theater or I mean, I I don't I don't know or did, did you feel it frustrated felt, it felt or quite up and down mm. for me. Same. I think
4: I went I definitely um I wasn't as amazingly proactive as you were, you didn't that's sort ama- of That's amazing. You didn't I'm, take up learning the harp or I'm going to be honest. I did a lot of uh, coffee drinking and <laughs> yeah, watching nice. um, daytime quiz shows. <laughs> there uh, we go. Uh, a bit of uh, Tenable and uh, all of that bit, tipping point. Um, um, <laughs> terrible. But I also did have the amazing opportunity to do a week of live streamed performances okay, of the show that I was I was twenty four hours away I think from going to America and doing a snazzy three month oh, tour no. with oh, um, ye- a show called Romantics Anonymous and that got cut short for obvious reasons um, but we did get to do a week of live streamed performances at Bristol Old Vic. Okay. And that was last, last September, kind of which an, just broke up. An oasis the, in the desert. Of it lockdown. was, it really was. It was
3: amazing.
1: Good. Okay. So that sort of kept me going. Christina, how did you Netflix, I, telly short films? Yeah, no, you, I mean,
3: I... this pressure now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, um, I was really fortunate in that I'd just finished, um, doing the boy in the dress, um, at Stratford, um, literally two weeks before we locked down so I was a little bit ready for a break so I I was sort of geared geared to that and so I really struggled sort of when it got to um uh sort of the second lockdown second and third lockdown Mm -hmm. but I'm quite I'm quite proactive in the last four years I've been wanting to set up my own business of um supporting other creatives and other actors so actually I took the time in lockdown to set up something called the agony actor which um is there for people when they are in work, out of work. If they just need some some help, if they need someone to read read with them for an audition, or if they need well, there were no auditions, but you know, <laughs> um, it, it it kind of spans it's sort of like a personal mentor. So I sort of launched into that and and really really loved it and met some incredible people and still sort of have my one to ones sure. now and keep that going. And then um, I actually got a call from a, a really dear friend of mine who I worked on in the heights with, who said, "Christine, have you ever thought about doing your own show?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, but I." Don't don't really think i've got anything to say and he was like well i think i think cabaret will be back before before yeah. theater would you like to to do it and so we did we did so you
1: made your own cabaret. we made sure. it oh, we
3: I did can't... it in huddersfield and then it came to southwark playhouse for four sundays Wow. um so, so in all honesty like um, am
1: managed the
3: great thing about being a creative right is you can do it anywhere
1: well yes yeah. so
3: and I think something that the last 18 months has taught me is that for too long I sat down and waited for someone else to give me a job and sometimes okay. you can you, you can, can you can access it
1: you can generate you know or yeah.
3: generate it or give other yeah. people opportunities so so, um, so yeah right. I, I mean I also did a lot of sitting around in my pajamas and oh, yeah. and walking my dog and you know and um, yeah oh,
1: now Natasha, so. I know that you have only just graduated you'd only just graduated from drama school a period that is tough enough at the best of times and this I think we can say has not been the best of times Mm -hmm. so how did you navigate this strange last year
0: yeah it was weird so I I think I was going into rehearsals for one of my shows for the end of third year that then got cut short I think I had about two rehearsals and then Obviously, everything locked down. So it was a bit weird for me. I was doing, like, online classes. That was, like, how I spent my time until summer. But then after that, I felt like a little lost puppy. (laughs) Because for, like, that whole, like, next, however long it was, it was like, you're you're not there anymore. So you're not getting classes from there anymore. And you had no guidance. Yes. Which I was very lucky. I had a great friendship group. And we all tried to keep each other motivated. I tried to keep taking online classes and, and things like that. Um, and it was quite up and down again I feel yeah. like I just kind of did what I felt with each day I didn't put too much pressure on myself yeah, yeah, yeah I just kind of and I think in looking back not that I wanted it to be that long but I think I did need that time to just right. sort out myself sort out my life like not that I had that much going on I was only 20 but you know just yes. get into a really good mindset and then I did actually feel ready I mean I was when we went back into lockdown again, I was a bit over it. I won't lie. <laughs> I, I took <kept> to TikTok. <laughs> I became a TikTok addict. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, at that point, I was really ready, ready for it to be done. And then luckily I found out that this was still going ahead. So I feel very fortunate because so, I know a lot of people haven't had anything yes. to go into. Um, but then I was like really excited. I was excited anyway, but you know, because I wasn't sure if it was happening delayed or Delayed
1: gratification a, bit, a year. Exactly. A year extra.
0: Now, let's take our attention back
1: to, to focus on Carousel again because I... I was wondering, by the end of this production, what have all of your characters learned about themselves? By the end of each show, what... Slightly hackneyed phrase, what journey have you gone on? What do you know about your characters that you didn't know at the start? Jo, you're looking very pensive. What's Mrs Mullins'
2: I think from Mrs Mullins' point of view... She has a very unique set of circumstances from the way we're telling it as well, um, from a trans perspective specifically. Yeah. I think um, how her relationship with Billy sort of ends its course in a way is the biggest um, cutoff for their their being together as two individuals, regardless of how close they are. It's actually to do with um, the relationship with... Julie, and I don't want to give away spoilers, this is the thing, the relationship <laughs> between Julie uh, and Billy, how, how that manifests itself. Yes. There's this inevitable moment where she's faced with him revealing news to her about how it's developing, and that's something that she cannot, because of the world she lives in yes. and the body that she has, she cannot provide him. So she, um, she's left in a place where she has to go, I know what you need. Yeah. And I cannot provide that. Somebody else is immediately providing it for you. Yes. And I, for my own sake, I must say goodbye.
1: Wow. Sure. That's a big journey of emotions. Mm-hmm. Natasha, what does Louise... I mean, we, as we discussed, Louise sort of bursts literally onto the yes. scene quite late in the action. But what has she learn by the
0: end? I think Louise's journey is pretty quick, but... I think it's a lot about her relationship with Julie. Um, Right, yes. I think she realises that Julie stands with her and she supports her and she sort of... Because I think she comes into it very much on my own. I hate this place. I want to leave, but no-one supports me. You're all the same. And I think by the end she realises, oh, actually, everyone is kind of with me and my mum supports me and my mum's almost guiding me to break the cycle. So I think she feels less alone. Yes. No, lovely.
3: Christina, what's what's Carrie's revelation by the end? I think Carrie kind of goes full circle. I think she starts off being really true to herself, not apologising for who she is. And then we sort of see that diminish. I think she's tr- she tries to kind of hang on to it. I mean, because of the... We sort of skip a big chunk. We sort of get yes. two. We get the beginning bit, and then sort of two months has passed, and then we get two days, and then we get a massive <laughs> seventeen-year break. So, so for me, I think the important stuff happens for Carrie in that seventeen-year break, and right. I think she, I think she goes full circle where she, she. Like I said, starts off being really true to herself, then sort of gets all that taken away from her very, very, very slowly. Yes. And then when she comes back 17 years later, I think she refines her voice. And also, I think Julie and Carrie kind of re each other. Because okay. the very beginning of the show, we spend a lot of time together. And as the yes. show kind of um as the show goes on, we sort of drift apart. When but your characters make very different romantic choices yeah, life. Yes. And life. 100%. And because of that, we end up going in completely different ways. And But because of what happens to Julie, Carrie h- ends up holding on even tighter, I think, to her relationship. But also holding on even tighter to Julie. And I think that by the time 17 years have passed. And we see that scene where they, you know, she perhaps pops in on her every day. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they have that. So I feel like Carrie actually accepts her circumstances and almost kind of goes full circle.
1: Lovely. Carly, what's going on with Julie? There's
4: quite a big pivotal shift near the end of the show for Julie and Louise and their relationship. And it is rooted in, I think, Julie realising that she needs to let Billy go. Right. Because you get this sense that through, through their relationship, through their, their relationship as mother and daughter, that she has been, that a lot of her loyalty and um, her priority is, has been painting a good picture of Louise's dad for her, thinking that she's doing right by her in doing that. Right. And actually it's holding back their relationship completely. And I think the moment Julie decides to let Billy go is the moment that is a complete shift for their relationship together and that they move forward together and that as a team as As a a team yeah and that and and to give louise the the love and the confidence to move forward and to break a a long cycle and to say don't make the choices that i made yes i'm I'm completely behind you and with you
1: that's lovely i like that what does it feel like when you all join together to sing you all join together at the end to sing that glorious anthem you'll never walk alone what's that moment like for for all of you
3: it's fresh I think I, it, it almost doesn't feel like we're in the show at that moment I think yeah, it yeah. feels like we're in life <laughs> I feel like it, yeah for me anyway You,
1: t- t- sorry, sorry just unpick that a little bit you're not in the show you're in life I, I love that I'm loving the thought of that just un- unpack
3: that if you can a little I oh, just think we've come, we've come a really we've come a really long way yes. since the 50s but just not far enough yet right and I okay. think that we all see things we recognise in this show, which is really sad. I think quite often we see a lot of the times where um, no one listens when a woman says no. Right. And I think that even if you've encouraged it, that moment when you say no, it doesn't matter how far it's gone, if you're not heard yes. in that moment, then it can be really scary. Yes. So I think that, um, I think that rings fresh for me in that, so it's that not the final show, it's bit. Life. Yeah. When that final bit when we sort of turn around. And I think it, what's really lovely in this production is that the men in the company hold our hands and support yes. in support. Yes.
1: Yes. So
3: I think that um from the minute I turn around I, there's obviously remnants of Carrie there but I think it's for me I just want to see all the women in the audience and say I I see you, I hear you and Nothing. and I feel you and and I think that's what that moment gives me... And, and the,
2: what I was going to say, and the shape that we take at that moment, it we, we parallels a very vivid image created by Drew McConey at the beginning, during the prologue, in which uh, the ensemble take each other's hands. There's a complete uh, full circle effect. I mean, no pun intended. Between um, everybody holding each other's hands to this frantic music. yes, to suggests that there's this system in place. There's this, uh, this chain chain reaction thing going on between all of these people yes they all affect each other and then later on when it's um it's a slight modification and to different music it's the same system but there's this sense of grounding and this uh this support network um linking it all together i think Lovely. and then it's it's also because of that modification there is allowance there is a chance for louise to take a, take herself away from it i think I think there's a truth to that, Mm. isn't
4: there? Yeah, Carly.
1: What do you find? I
4: sort of feel I I sort of have two different layers, I guess, that feeds into both of your points. Of um, I have one layer of singing that and looking at lovely Natasha as Louise as my daughter singing those lyrics, and it. I I, I'm going to be honest. Don't don't tell Tom Deering, but I have a job sometimes getting all of the. The lyrics out. Sometimes I have to just do a little bit of a mindful <laughs> words just to get myself back together. But um because it's really moving and yeah. it feels really important um uh and hopeful. Yes. I think that's what I get out of the end is a lot of hope. Yes. And I also feel like uh, you know, within the show as a character and and in life, as Christina said, but also it just feels like a brilliant call to arms to be better and do better and move forward.
1: That's lovely. Well, I think on that note, I think I should say there's so much more about this wonderfully rich production that we could talk about, but I'm afraid that's all we have time for as the actors need to go and prepare for tonight's show. <laughs> so I'd like to say very many thanks to Carly Borden, Joe Eaton-Kent, Christina Modesto and Natasha May-Thomas. Thank you. Thank
0: you.
2: Thank
0: you. For more information about Regent's Park Open Air Theatre, visit openairtheatre.com or subscribe to our podcast.